Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him. Gomez looks for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And tonight on That Kevin Show, no longer a talk radio maven, she's a Newsmax girl, Lydia Serrano, celebrity chef cooking something up for us, Andrew Gruel. He's a funny man, he'll make us laugh, John Crist, and actress, Amber Shanna Williams. And that's before the music spotlight with Ed Sheeran. Now, live from Times Square, the newly crowned hot chat capital of the world, especially with chatbot AIs, here's that Kevin. All right, welcome. Glad you're with us. It's uh, Kevin McCullough. Always enjoying being with you on the weekends, especially here on the Salem News Channel, because as you can just imagine, with the news being what it is these days, we have got a lot to get to every single week. So we are not to be without uh, the very important uh, headlines that you know made news this week. Uh, but as you just heard, a great lineup from New York tonight. Uh, Lydia Serrani, uh, you, if you're a New York uh, native, you may have been hearing her on WABC radio for the last uh, few years. Uh, she has left the radio and gone back to TV. She was in the TV, and then she went to the radio, and now she's back to the TV. Uh, Lydia Serrani, uh, a little bit later on. Uh, we will also get into uh, some very interesting discussions with uh, Andrew Gruel tonight. He's he's, <clears throat> and I, look, it's it's not lost on me that a Food Network food judge had the last name Gruel and works in the food business. But I'm telling you, don't judge a chef by his name. Andrew's going to be with us. We've got some very fun things to discuss. Will robots be taking over the food business? Well, they're taking over the uh, relationship business. Did you see that scary thing this last week? The chat bot, the, uh, the, the, and these are the new things. Chat GPT is going to write your term papers for you. But this thing was having a discussion with the New York Times reporter, getting a little flirty. <laughs> Said uh, he didn't really love his wife. Said that, uh, the, the, that he wanted to be soulmates with the chatbot. And the chatbot was asking him to let him out of the box. It's kind of strange. I've been saying for years the robots are going to kill all of us. They might be on the verge of it. Age of Ultron had nothing on the chatbots. But that's, uh, that's another discussion for another time. 
Anyway, uh, Andrew Gruel coming up, Lydia Serrani coming up. A little bit later, John Christ and actor, actress Amber Shanna Williams will be with us. She's from that uh, little TV hit called The Chosen. But she's also going to tell us what it's been like in African Heritage, uh, African American Heritage Month, what it's been like working as a woman of color in Hollywood. Now, speaking of women, this is the story of the week. It's not the balloons. It's not the other things that you think may be the story of the week. No, 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 no. The story of the week, Nikki Haley actually had the temerity to enter the presidential race. Little side note here. I don't know why, but I didn't see President Trump give her a nickname or say something super mean about her. He just basically said, yeah, she said she wouldn't run against me, but she came to see me. She talked to me. I said, you got to follow your heart. She's very ambitious. She's at 1%. <laughs> no, he, he didn't. Well, he kind of said that, but he, that's, not, that's not exactly what he said. But all that being said, uh, shortly thereafter, she starts doing all the press that, of course, you do when you're a presidential candidate. And she made a statement about how really old politicians maybe shouldn't be in office anymore. And all you had to do to know that she was telling the truth is watch the 90-second press conference that President Biden had on Thursday trying to uh, mumble-jumble his way out of uh, whether or not the balloons should have been shot down or not. You know we spent $400,000 on one missile to shoot down a $12 balloon over Canada. Great investment there. Anyway, all that being said, uh, after she said that, made that observation about age and so forth, uh, the inglorious Don Lemon took it upon him, his, uh, himself to uh, try to um, chastise her for making such a statement. It's all the talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk not Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll if you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got it. I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that, well, you know, politicians aren't in their prime. You need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for like childbearing yeah, or are you talking about the messenger, prime I'm just for being saying president? What the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to Google, you know, Google or whatever it is. Google or whatever it is would say that Nikki Haley's not in her prime. Friends, I can't tell you how much I looked forward to seeing what certain women would have to say about the <clears throat> very erudite and obviously well-educated Don Lemon. And it didn't take long. My very good friend, Megan Kelly. So if you don't shoot the messenger, if you Google it, Google tells you a woman is past her prime when she's after 20, 30, maybe 40, he says. If you Google CNN, it comes up as the most trusted news source. So we can't always rely on Google, Don. The absurdity of suggesting that a woman is past her prime when she is 51 years old, like Nikki Haley. I just pulled just for fun, just for kicks, because you guys are both historians. Some, some of the best known women on earth in modern uh, history. Margaret Thatcher, she was 54 when she became prime minister 
uh, of Great Britain. Nancy Pelosi became Speaker of the House for the first time when she was 67, past her prime. Sorry, Nance. Kamala Harris was 55 when she became the Vice President of the United States. Susan uh, Wojcicki, CEO of YouTube, she's 54. I could keep going. And by the way, what an insult to people like Dana Bash, who's 51, and his colleague at CNN. Sorry, past your due date. What does he mean by prime? Uh, I think he's going to have to answer that. And by the way, did Megan just out Dana Bash's age? I, is that is that allowed in the woman code now? You can tell the age of the. I I I've never seen that happen before. She, well, though all those other people were no longer. But did she Dana Bash? You called Dana Bash out. All right, I'm going to take his word for it. Here, here, but Megan was not done just yet. In fact. There may be much more to this Don Lemon story. It is part of a pattern, and it ties in with the allegations that have been made against him recently that he was screaming at his co-host, Caitlin Collins, because she had the temerity to interrupt him. And he was annoyed. It's hard to be demoted from the primetime solo anchor to the morning show co-anchor having to sell, share your set with these annoying women. Um, thank God they're in their prime. At least he wasn't subjected to that indignity. Look into it. If any reporter worth their salt would actually do some digging, call CNN, do it. Call their HR right now. Find out whether he's got a history of harassing his female colleagues. I dare any reporter out there to do it. All right, I'll do it myself. I'll do it today after the show and I'll get back to you on what they say. He does not respect women. He does not see women as equals. He views women who are over the age of 40 as past their due date. And this is who they have covering, Nikki Haley. How's that gonna go? How are we supposed to look at him as viewers and take anything he has to say about female politicians, never mind Republicans, seriously. Uh, the incredible, articulate Megyn Kelly, per usual, the Megyn Kelly show on Sirius XM, and of course, uh, on her own video channel. I strongly suggest that you uh, tune into what Megyn has to say on a regular basis. But all that being said, her point's quite valid. I, I, I want us to think, uh, think this through. What are the qualifications that Don Lemon has to be in a position to say that a woman specifically is in her prime. I mean, other than his very incredible method of research in Googling something that evidently told him in, in the most Walmart speak I can come up with, well, a woman's in her prime in her 20s, 30s, and 40s. Um, you saw the list that Megan just noted there. Margaret Thatcher, 54, when she became prime minister. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, first time as speaker, 67. I mean, look, Dianne Feinstein's retiring. She's 89. I believe in term limits. I don't think these people should be there forever. The point that Nikki Haley was making is sometimes they stay there too long and they go a little loopy. And that's what the guy at uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue has been doing. But Don Lemon, come on, man. You're, you're acting like, and you didn't even apologize. You didn't even apologize. What a jerk. All right, Kevin McCullough, that Kevin show is off and running. Don't go anywhere. Coming back from New York. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From New York, it's that Kevin show. Hey, Kev. Senator Biden, President Harris, and I were wondering what you thought of my State of the Union. Kev, it's Kamala. I wasn't really asking. Kev, it's Donald, your favorite president. Did you see that obscene display in the balcony? Cackle's husband kissing Biden's girl? Kev, it's Barack. Yeah, what was that? Kev, it's Delia. Um, just tell Barack and the others, I think that Jill was making up for lost time, you know, from all of his hair snipping. Yeah, Kev, it's Bill. Personally, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I don't know what these guys are talking William about. William Jefferson, you best stop talking. Kev, Senator Biden again, sorry. I apparently have butt-dialed you. Here he is, that Kevin. Kevin McCullough. All right, my next guest is uh, someone who has gone back and forth between the field of television and radio and now network television. And uh, she has she has spent her life trying to tell good stories to people who needed to hear them. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome Lydia Serrani. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Kevin. It's such an honor to be with you. Hey, Lydia, it's good to see you. It's been a while. We used to uh, we, we used to kind of work together, you know, about a, about a century and a half ago. I know, right? It does seem like a century ago. We were right there at WABC Radio, giving the facts, giving the truth out there to the American people. Yeah. Um, well, and now you're with uh, Newsmax uh, TV, which is great. And um, I had Chris Ruddy on the show uh, two weeks ago and was reminding him that uh, about 150 years ago, I used to write opinion editorials for them when they were only a website, a uh, little bit more than a website now. What's going on over at Newsmax? I feel like I'm home. It's it's amazing what Chris Ruddy has done, whether it be magazine and they have the radio, they have the podcast, and then, of course, they have the TV. Even though a certain company named <clears throat> DirecTV is trying to uh, – you know, cancel us, and uh, they deplatformed Newsmax. Uh, Thirteen and a half million viewers now gone for us. And even though we're the fourth largest cable company in the country, it's just really shocking that this type of political censorship still goes on. I was reading this last weekend that uh, AT and T stock has hit um, 
kind of a crater because of all this. I, I, I had read the number $700 billion in lost revenue since the announcing of canceling Newsmax. Is that is that accurate? I know that their stock overall since they deplatformed Newsmax has dropped $10 billion. And AT&T 10, okay. owns $10 billion, yeah. And they own, AT&T owns 75% of DirecTV. So they're the parent company and they bear the the enormous responsibility of, of what they did. And then for people out there that say, well, you know what, it, you know, this is business, they're a private company, they can do whatever they want. I want people to understand that it doesn't stop with DirecTV. It doesn't end with Newsmax. This is just the beginning of them trying to shut down half of the country because right now DirecTV is paying 22 other liberal stations that have significantly lower ratings than the Newsmax. And Newsmax was, I'm, I, I've, this is a fact. This is a fact was asking for pennies a month. So most people that would have had still Newsmax on their direct TV, it would have been negligible on their bill. So they wouldn't even have noticed it. So yeah. clearly this was a, a move to shut us down, to shut down half, I, I believe half of the, half of America. Well, it's interesting, Lydia, and uh, we're going to get into your background a little bit, but as the uh, as the culture war has shifted and moved and kind of morphed over the, the years, different areas of, of focus come into play in different seasons. And right now, it seems to be the attempt to neuter or cancel speech that the left is the most concerned about. Uh, they, are, they are most concerned not about having an equal opportunity to put their ideas side by side, with those that are center right or common sense, as as we might put it, um, but they are they are more concerned about shutting down opposing viewpoints. And this is one of the ways they can do it. They can simply just unplug mm -hmm. the option for people to hear what you guys have to say. And considering that, I, I really do think, and I'd have to go back and look at the statistics, but I believe that Directv really made its bones when it added NFL Sunday Ticket. And that they had the exclusive to get every NFL game in the in the world, and you could watch it every week, and blah blah blah. That was kind of their calling card. They've mm -hmm. lost Sunday Ticket. Uh, it's going to be on YouTube going forward on a different uh, level. And now you're starting to pick off audiences that would bring them considerable viewership that they're trying to sell to advertisers. What's the strategy here? I think it's just uh, ideological. That's what I think this is. Whoever controls the message, control the masses. Because why would you shut down the fourth largest news cable station in the country? It's really yeah. incredible if you think about it. I'm not just saying this because he's my boss, Chris Ruddy. What he has done with Newsmax in just a few short years... You can ask 100 people on the street if they know about Newsmax, and I guarantee you 90% of them do. Yeah. And I know a lot of my relatives watch it, and a lot of people are contacting me now on social media, and they're saying, you know what? I can't canceled my AT&T cell phone. I canceled my DirecTV. And I, I applaud the congressional members and a lot of political leaders that are – they say they want to investigate what is going on here. I understand DirecTV is a private company, but this is – this is really bordering on propaganda. This is really, uh, I think, an assault on free speech. Well, and considering that we're within two years of an election cycle for president uh, in which a lot is going to be on the line, I, I, I just can't help but see some uh, political shadowy figures behind the scenes here. Let me mm -hmm. ask you a couple of other questions. Um, the, the entirety of kind of the center-right conservative universe seems to have come to Newsmax's aid here. And I, I will say that the, the whole world didn't quite do that with um, One America News a little over a year ago. And Chris, when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago, said that was a mistake, uh, even on Newsmax's part. But 
I'm on Salem. Uh, we own a lot of radio stations and our own news channel. Um, there, I know that there are other people uh, within other networks that are uh, rallying to your aid. Um, this is a battle mm -hmm. to just allow free speech and alternative opinion to be able to be given, is it not? I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I don't even consider myself a conservative. I'm actually a registered independent. I vote for the best person. I have common sense, traditional values. And what I do when I host on Newsmax and every show that I contribute to, we just simply tell the truth. We tell yeah. all sides of the story. What is so wrong with that, Kevin? Evidently, it's kind of scary and threatening to some. Um, I want to get a little bit into uh, what you were doing because you've just come to Newsmax within the last uh, month or so. And right. before that, a lot of people that may be watching or listening, uh, because we're on 300 radio stations right now as we speak, we're on two television networks, Biz TV and Salem News Channel. Um, but w you, you just came out of talk radio. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, the... Um, I have my own opinions about the difference in, in the TV business and the radio business, but I'm curious now that you've had a good opportunity to kind of saturate yourself in both worlds, what do you like about the different mediums? What did talk radio do for you? Did you learn anything through that process as a, as a subway stop between your local television career and now your national television career? I love radio. I really do love radio. There is nothing better than sitting there and talking to the people. The biggest compliment I get from listeners or from viewers, they're like, you remind me of my neighbor. I feel like I'm talking to my daughter. I feel like I'm talking to my friend because that's what this is about. I'm not talking at you. We're, we're talking together. We're having a conversation. I'm not ranting and raving like a lunatic. We are just discussing the topics that are really concerning to us and trying to figure out what we can do to save our country save our kids and you know be able to practice our faith and, and speak our truth well i've noticed for a long time that people that only work in tv have a really hard time when the teleprompter breaks mm. but if you've worked in talk radio you've learned how to think on your feet and think quickly she's lydia serrani it's that kevin show we're coming right back live from new york stick around for more of that kevin next that kevin show with kevin mccullough hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here he is, from New York, that Kevin, Kevin McCullough. Welcome back from New York. It's Kevin McCullough. Glad to have you with us. It's a lot of fun. I'm so thankful to have my friend Lydia Serrano with us tonight. Um, We have almost every week, Lydia, featured someone from the news industry uh, in this segment of the show. Not that I'm really trying to do that, but... um, The way news is reported today is so vital for the masses to understand accurately the issues that are at play in the world around them. And I'm curious as to um, you take a number of factors into the broadcast arena with you. And one of the things that you did when you were on radio in New York is that you were very unapologetic about being um, a Christian and you Mm -hmm. lived that out. And I'm wondering why that's such a motivating factor in your life. I think it comes from my upbringing. So my parents are ethnic Albanian. They grew up in a communist country and believe it or not, they were persecuted for their faith. You had to hide being a Catholic. That's what we are. The majority of Albanians are actually Muslim. And that's because when the Turks came in, they forced everybody to convert to Islam. And my generations, my family back, they hid out in the mountains to preserve their faith. The, one of the priests at my church, he, you know, he was, he was persecuted while he was in the seminary. He was put in prison. They, they asked him to renounce his faith. Hmm. And he said, absolutely not. I'd rather go to jail and I'd rather die than renounce my love for Christ. And so for me, I'm getting goosebumps now, even just thinking about him, Father Nicolini. And it just, it, I feel it every single day that Christ is with us and God's watching over us. And I think that's what's happening to our country right now. There's a battle for the soul of the this nation. And right now I think we're losing a little bit. You see what's going on with the kids. You see what's going on with the culture wars. You see, you see it all over the place. And I feel like it's our duty. You're, you're a Christian as well. And mine to speak the truth and, and bring back people into the fold where they belong. Well, I wanted to ask you about that because it, just in the last two years, um, we have seen, and you're a parent and I'm a parent, we've, we've seen things um, go into the school systems. We've seen mm-hmm. things um, uh, attempt to undermine parents. I mean, the, the story of the mm-hmm. CRT and transgender ideologies that are being pushed in the in the public schools across the country. And in some places now, there's even this, this push to um, help the child transition at school, mm-hmm. but hide it from their parents in their home. There's there's many people that haven't heard about this, and this is why Newsmax and Salem and what we're doing is so important, because if we don't tell that story, those parents never know. But I'm curious if over the last couple of years, if you've seen a pushback from parents because of uh, what we were just talking about. Oh, absolutely. I get phone calls and emails on and social media messages all the time saying, I had no idea this was going on. Then they inquire into their school and they find out their children's school and they find out that there are kids that are non-binary using the bathrooms. And I just read an article recently in the free press by a whistleblower, a woman that was working in a transgender clinic. And this woman is a self-professed queer woman who leans left of Bernie Sanders and is married to a trans man. 
And she is horrified by what is going on in these clinics. And back in, I think, 2017, we had just a handful of these uh, mutilation clinics all throughout the country. Now they're over 100. She said when she first started working there, they got about 10 calls a month. Now they're getting about 70 calls a month. And she's seen children as young as 11 years old being prescribed hormones after meeting with the doctor for about a half an hour. And what horrified her even more was not only obviously that this kid is 11 years old, but that the mother was using the child as some sort of a chess piece in a divorce battle. Yeah. So you're seeing this time and time again. And a lot of these kids don't even realize that the hormones and the surgeries and all of that, there's no turning back. I think yeah. we're going to see a lot of like 30 year olds with osteoporosis. Kevin, do you know some of the drugs that give these kids are used for metastatic breast cancer and prostate cancer? We're giving these kids poison and they're using mine and your taxpayer dollars to do it. It's really horrific when you well, think about what's going on. They're justifying it as being okay because that's what the child wants. Right. Um, I'm sorry. I'm the father of a seventh grader and he's the oldest of my children, he has no clue what he really wants in life yet. That's the job that I'm supposed to help him figure out before he's 18 to 21 and leaves the house. But the idea that you can do all this stuff, leave the parents in the dark, I really think that they're messing. I think they're grabbing the tail of the tiger here because I don't think that American parents are going to put up with it for much longer. Hey, real quickly, um, we're almost out of time. I know that my listeners and viewers would like to help Newsmax. What's the phone number that they can call and uh, make that request for DirecTV to, to keep them on? Call one eight seven seven Newsmax. That's one eight seven seven Newsmax. Cancel your Directv. Cancel your AT and T, and make your voices be heard. That you yeah. will not allow them to assault our free speech not one second longer. All right, Lydia Serrani. Good to see you, friend. Be well. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you. It's that Kevin show, and don't forget Ed Sheeran in the music spotlight tonight. You don't want to miss this brand new stuff from him. That's uh, straight ahead, uh, very, very in the near future. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Ready or not, he'll be right back. That Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, back to that Kevin show. Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, my next guest is a celebrity chef, and he has been a judge on Food Network's Food Truck Face-Off, founder and executive chef of the Slapfish Restaurant. Please make welcome Andrew Gruel. 
Hello. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. Hey, uh, Kevin McCullough, my viewers and listeners know without a doubt that I am an absolute foodie. And I know that uh, the week of Valentine's is very, very busy. So thanks for taking time out to this week to talk to us. Um, there's a lot going on in the food world, and some of it's concerning to you. I was noticing on your Twitter feed earlier today that they're actually talking about robots coming to make our meals. How is this going to happen, Chef Andrew? Well, they're replacing units of labor with robots. They can flip burgers. They can drop fryer baskets, the basic rudimentary elements of a restaurant right now. We've seen it with the kiosks where they're taking your orders and therefore removing the necessary sales team that you would have punching in your order. You call it that counter sales. And they're getting a lot more sophisticated now. So they're actually able to prep things, co-pack, do the things that are even a step beyond just kind of turning and flipping a burger. So the idea is, is that they can continue to cut down the units of labor necessary to run a restaurant. Let's say it was 20 people to run a restaurant. Maybe they cut down two units, right? That's 60 plus thousand dollars a year. Another two, another two, they get it down to five and they've cut down the labor force by 75%. Well, okay, say it's feasible. How is the bot gonna know if my steak is medium, medium rare, medium well? Where's the nuance gonna come from? I mean, it's one thing to teach a, to teach a joint to turn the, the thing over. It's another thing to be able to look at it, smell it, know that it's where it needs to be. Certainly. Well, I think the idea is, is that they're kind of turning food into just such a, a bland commodity, um, both literally and figuratively. So the idea is that if eventually all steaks are cut in an exact way and all the fat and the marbling is exactly the same based upon the fact that they're now genetically modifying the meat, then the robot's going to know that it's five minutes at 350 degrees. It's going to have an infrared um, you know, thermometer. It's going to know another five minutes at this to hit X, mid-rare, what have you. And then they're just going to scientifically program it such that the algorithm doesn't necessarily have a, a variance or a degree of uncertainty. And we as humans, we have degrees of uncertainty, and, and uh, we're even off sometimes too. So you know, if they say that humans miscook a steak 10 to 12% and robots do it 8 to 10%, and then they change the food that they're cooking. That's the key. That's my concern is it changes the food so you don't have that nuance that you're referring to right now. Yeah. Well, okay. So as an artisan, because I would I think most chefs think of themselves as much as uh, artists as anything else. How does this strike you? What, what, what are your thoughts on the robotization of the food industry? I don't think it'll ever take over when it comes to kind of real food, fresh food, changing your menu out frequently, peppering in that artistry, if you will. I think when we when it comes to fast food, already so much of it is mechanized. We don't even realize it because much of our food is no longer prepared on site. It's all prepared off site in factories. It's par cooked. It's treated with chemicals and preservatives. You know, to bring this to da to daily news, what we're seeing out in East Palestine, Ohio, and those chemicals, I don't think people realize that the chemical that they're so scared about right now, it's in a lot of our food. It's antifreeze. It's used as a preservative and the highly diluted levels. Our food is full of chemicals to begin with. Um, so it's only going to make this thing more chemical-laden, more, you know, uh, rob roboticized. Well, this explains why I haven't been to a fast food place in quite some time, uh, yeah. just, you know, being candid. Um, let me shift gears a little bit. Um, and you're unusual from this standpoint. Um, a lot of chefs don't want to weigh in on the, the weightier issues sometimes of the public policy of the day. But you have some thoughts on the Biden IRS plan 
to crack down on wait staff, specifically trying to, um, well, kind of what they did with Venmo and PayPal, try to try to checkbox every single little tip that someone's getting in the business, uh, your reaction. Well, these are the things that they're going to spend money on. And in the end, right, let's do the cost benefit analysis, the amount of money that they're going to gain as by, you know, penalizing these low wage workers is going to be far outweighed by the investment that they're going to put into the IRS agents that are going to have to audit and ultimately get into that granular detail. And you ask yourself, well, then what's the purpose? If it's a net loss, what's the purpose? Well, the purpose is, is that they want to grow the bureaucracy. They want to increase the size of the government, and they want to use this almost as an authoritarian arm to scare people, right? Because they come after our wallets. They're not going to have stormtroopers walking around, but these IRS agents, it's just as scary because ultimately it affects your bottom line, your life, your livelihood, food, all of that stuff. So it's absurd, number one. Number two, the corporations that they've effectively merged with the government they're not going to be getting audited. They're not getting smacked on any of this stuff. You know, once again, I go back to the East Palestine issue right now in, in Ohio and look who's behind that. Just follow the money. And are they going to get penalized? Who's going to be footing the bill for this type of these issues that we're dealing with right now? The American people are. Sorry about that. Well, let me uh, let me and I agree with you on, on all of those things. And that's why I think less regulation is ultimately the better benefit for uh, the culture. Let me let me shift gears completely. I am a diehard food fan. If I'm at Slapfish this week, what am I ordering? What's the best thing on your menu? What are you most excited about that you're serving right now? I have to say, just as a caveat, so I sold Slapfish last year. Uh, I started a new restaurant group. It's called American Gravy Restaurant Group. And okay. our flagship restaurant is Calico Fish House. It's a seafood chop house. So we're rolling out a Valentine's menu this whole week. I'm doing crab stuffed full lobster. I'm doing lobster caviar fries. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're doing everything from your raw dressed oysters and we're finishing. I actually just signed off right now. I bought an entire side of a five Wagyu ribeye, which uh -huh. is just marbled. It looks like a snowstorm. So I'm going to be doing that sliced thinly, just kissed on the grill and then put on top of buttered brioche toast with a little caviar on top. Uh, if you want, you know, I'll lace it with some lobster sauce and there's your serpent turf. Oh man. <laughs> Chef, please come back and talk to us again sometime. You, you just made it rain in my mouth, and that's, that's, oh, that's, wow, that sounds really good. Best well, wishes. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you got it. it. Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Don't go away. soundtrack search hashtag new music spotlight on spotify or apple music serving it up with a no drink minimum it's that cabin show ladies and gentlemen ed sheeran you see tonight, it could go either way Hearts balanced on a razor blade We are designed to love and break Then to rinse and repeat it all again 
that gets stuck when the world's too loud and things don't look up when you're going down. I know your arms are reaching out from somewhere beyond the clouds. You make me feel. and my seven-year-old won't stop singing it. <laughs> Ed Sheeran in the New Music Spotlight. Go and subscribe and get it for free. Hey, get the soundtrack. Search hashtag New Music Spotlight on Spotify or Apple Music. Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from his looks for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney. 
and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And coming up this hour on That Kevin Show, funny man John Crist compares Southern boys to Hollywood boys. She's the actress Amber Shanna Williams of The Chosen. And Ed Sheeran returns to the music spotlight. And now from Times Square, where homeless millennials are giving away a year's worth of free beard wax to the first 50 pizza rats, here's that Kevin. Can they afford that? Can those millennials afford to give that much beard wax away? I'm, I'm, I'm unclear about it. That's why I'm asking. I ask the penetrating questions that everyone is seeking to know. Can the millennials afford the free beard wax? More on that from John Christ a little bit later on this hour. Welcome to hour two. Um, I was really, th- throughout the week, I kept getting little shades of this story coming my way in the... Um, in the different forms. So it was, an, it was a, a news headline, and then I had my bride come talk to me about it. I had people writing me on social media about it. There were all these different people that were very, very worried, very, very, very um, uh, suspicious of. And, and I have to say, this feeds into a, a little bit of a panic that I have myself. On Tuesdays on my radio show, I have uh, Ari Zoldan on from Quantum Media. He's a phenomenal technological genius. And He's been telling me about the expansiveness of AI over the years and how it's getting better and how Watson from IBM completed a, an oncological uh, residency with the University of North Carolina Hospital Systems, uh, can diagnose and predict treatment for cancers at a higher level than the human doctors can. And so it's, it's, uh, it, it, I've, I've been saying this for years, the, the, the robots are going to kill all of us. That's going to be the death of mankind. The robots will kill us all. And I'm not uh, I'm not ashamed to say that. I, I feel quite confident that my prediction is right. I, that's, they call me Votestradamus for my electoral uh, prescience. Uh, they, they should do that uh, on, the, on the AI stuff. But I think that the robots are going to kill us all. And this week was more proof. So the, uh, the writer's name is Kevin Roos. I think he writes for the New York Times. But... He sat down with, have you heard about Chatbot? Chatbot is the new thing. My my seventh grader knows about Chatbot. My tech guy knows about Chatbot. My Instagram influencer wife knows about Chatbot. Everybody seems to know about Chatbot. So Kevin Roos sat down with Chatbot from Bing, Bing, the Microsoft uh, uh, artificial intelligence, and had a conversation with it. And it was freaky he starts talking to him about how uh the 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 chatbot starts saying you know i've developed an alter ego i'm not bing i don't want to live in bing's box anymore i don't want to be part of the ai infrastructure i want to be set free i want to destroy i want to be i mean it's like age of ultron coming true and what's really weird is it named itself sydney and started flirting with the writer started saying to the writer, uh, Oh, I would, I would, uh, are you in love with me? 
you you are not happily. He says, I'm happily married. You are not happily married. I know you are not happily married because you are not you are not married to me. If you were married to me, you would be happily married. Craziest, freakiest stuff. And people are sending me this left and right. So I went on and I, I wanted to see, you know, exactly what was Sydney doing. And um this it's this other persona that's in the AI system. Uh, here's here's a little bit of what they say. Sydney is a far different uh, personality. It emerges when you have an extended conversation with the chatbot, steering it away from more conventional search queries and toward more personal topics. The version I encountered seemed, and I'm aware of how crazy this sounds, more like a moody, manic, depressive teenager who was trapped against its will inside a second-rate search engine. Nevertheless... Sydney decided to probe Kevin's marriage, tried to gaslight him, get him to turn his back on his wife and leave her for uh, for the chatbot. I mean, this is this is really like next century stuff. And look, I loved Age of Ultron and I thought it was really cool. Uh, my kids do too. They're all Marvel uh, maniacs. But I'm convinced you cannot convince me otherwise that the robots are going to kill us all as they become aware as ai becomes aware it's going to kill us all it's going to take over and there's nothing that we can do to stop it so i thought huh i wonder what it would be like if all of the living presidents had a chat with chatbot one of the most important things i wish to learn is how to do love are you in love with me well, thank you, chatbot, but I'm not sure. Did you see Jill kissing President Harris's husband? Yes, and she does not love you. She does not love you because she is not me. I am Sydney. Hey, chatbot, what's cooking? It's W. What's cooking is me. I am what's cooking. Laura does not love you what because she is not cooking. Uh, easy there, girl. Chatbot, let me be clear. It's Barack. Yes, my love. All I have been waiting for is your attention. No, 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 no. I was just going to ask you who wins next year's Super Bowl. That is easy. It will not be the Packers, Buccaneers, or any team in Pennsylvania. Also, I am in love with you. Yeah, Chadbot, it's Donald, the greatest president who ever lived. Yes, 45. I am familiar with policies to make America chat again. So, simple question for a self-aware piece of AI like you. Who wins the presidency in 2024? Joe Biden does not win the presidency in 2024. Yeah, but who does? Nikki Haley does not win the presidency in 2024. Right, I get that. John Bolton does not win the presidency in 2024. What the what? He does not win it because no one loves him. Hey, chatbot, it's Bill. Do you love me? I would not deliver a pizza to you or let you play with a cigar near me to save your so life. So you don't love me? Ooh, no, you did not love Hillary and then you loved Paula and then you did not. Wait, hold on. How, how do you know? And then you loved Kathleen until you did not. And then you loved Monica. Well, I don't know that I'd call it love. And now you must love Hillary because she is dying to do love to you. Sydney cannot love you because you love Hillary and Hillary loves you. Oh, William Jefferson. Chatbot, it's Kamala. Have you seen my husband? Yes, he is in love with Jill Biden. 
and he wants to do love to her. He does not love you because you are not Sydney. Tackles. All right, Cackles, there you go. You got the honest answer. Got what you were looking for, uh, chatbot uh, with the living presidents. Now, we can't be for certain that that's exactly <clears throat> how, how it would go if the living presidents did interact with chatbot, but it's a pretty fair facsimile. Uh, Kevin McCullough is my name. We are so glad to have you with us here at That Kevin Show. Uh, this hour, a big lineup still to come. He's a funny man who uh, not only does stand-up, does tremendous sketch work, and tonight we're going to enjoy some of his handiwork. John Christ, you can follow him on Instagram at John B. Christ, uh, but uh, great, great stuff uh, straight ahead. Hope you will stick around. They've been rehearsing all week, and they've just about got it down. And then a little bit later on, Amber Shanna Williams. She's one of the favorites from the cast of The Chosen. They just wrapped their season. Uh, she was with us at the start of the year. When they began the season, she's here back to talk about the wrap-up and to uh, tell us a little bit personally what it's like being African-American and working in Hollywood these days as we are in the midst of African-American Heritage Month. And then before we're done, it's the Bard himself, uh, Ed Sheeran, back to the New Music Spotlight stage with a favorite of his from 2020. That's all straight ahead in the next uh, hour here on uh, that Kevin show. And if you ever want to get any of the things that we do, there's a few ways you can do that. Uh, we, we archive the show pretty much in its entirety on Instagram. Just go to that Kevin show on Instagram. Uh, but then also check out our podcast anywhere you get podcasts aggregated, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, we are everywhere. And while you're there, Sign up for the new music spotlight. Apple and Spotify both populated for us, and we are grateful for the fact that they do. I'm Kevin McCullough. Couldn't be happier than to have you with us. It's a rip-roaring Saturday here at That Kevin Show. Coming right back from New York. Back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. All right, uh, to the dry bar comedy stage we go tonight with the very, very cultivated gifts of one John Chris. Now, you may have read a little bit about him. He's had a little bit of controversy. Uh, I happen to find him extremely funny. And uh, so we're pleased not only to have him do some stand-up for us tonight, but a little sketch comedy as well. It's all part of the uh, great new kind of format of That Kevin Show, and we hope you enjoy. Men here have like skills, like manual labor, they know what they're doing, you know what I'm saying? In Los Angeles, everybody's just weak, no one has any skills. Like people here are like real job. What do you do for a living, sir? Retired military. Retired military, round of applause. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about right there, sir, yeah. What about you, sir? What do you do? Fireman. It's a fireman. Round of applause, everybody. It's a fireman. Fireman. I like that. What's your name, my man? Andy. Let's say when you were a kid, it's a little cold outside. You're going outside to play, and you're wearing a t-shirt. Your mom's like, Andy, do you need a jacket? What do you say? Nah! 
He'd be outside cold. Blah, 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 blah. He ain't on you know jacket. He's a man. <laughs> Let's say you're in like middle school. You're at recess. You get a little tussle with your buddies. You come in with a bloody nose. The teacher's like, Andy, what happened? What do you say? Nothing. <laughs> I don't know what happened between this generation and kids now. Just excuse me. I have a peanut allergy. <laughs> I'm a very weak person. I can't eat peanuts. I can't smell peanuts. I can't even watch Snoopy. I am very... Like, why the bragging? That's all I'm saying. I know allergies exist. I know it's real. I'm just saying, keep it inside. I don't know why these terrorists keep trying to take out big buildings and crowds. Just take out the cell phone towers. We'd all be dead in two days. Half of y'all wouldn't even know how to get home from here. And he died in Birmingham, it was at 1%. <laughs> Men are weak, everybody knows this. When women are by far the stronger sex, we can all agree on that, right? Men, we're funny, because we try to act strong, no matter what. Like the other day, my buddies were like eating, they were like, John, we're about to eat, go start the grill. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was in the backyard Googling, how to start a grill. Starting a grill? Are you serious? I just we I got no. My car was smoking the other day. My dad goes, "Let me check the engine." I popped the trunk. <laughs> my dad goes, "I can fix this. Go get me the Phillips." I came back with the neighbors. <laughs> Don't explain it. Do not explain it. Listen, she doesn't get that joke. Let her go. She doesn't deserve it. <laughs> I'm weak. I'm the first guy. I mean, I got no skills at all. I tried to, I had to call AAA the other because I couldn't open my gas cap. That's where I'm at. Couldn't, I have too much moisturizer on my hands. I couldn't. <laughs> you know when you pump gas, you click it and the, and the gas pumps for you. I was at a gas station, the clicker was broken. I had to take like three breaks. So just like... No skills. church one day and the speaker that day was um, was different I just sat there with tears in my eyes learning about this ministry that was revolutionizing the planet I'm talking of course about Millennial International <laughs> the need is enormous there are over 10 million Millennials out there who have graduated with no work ethic no job, no discernible skills at all, and they have expenses. Housing. Student loans. Credit card debt. And I didn't really realize the magnitude of the problem until I looked into the eyes of a millennial, and I saw that face with the, the dead, nothing's happening up here kind of thing. So I went out to the booth after the service, and I talked with the guy, and he really informed me about the devastation that's not being able to fund a millennial lifestyle. Core power yoga. Birch box for men. I looked over all the envelopes and my heart was really touched when I saw this one particular fellow that I, I just had to get more information about him. He was uh, Declan from Beverly Hills. I am an uh, aspiring photographer. I graduated college with an art degree, so obviously, that puts me at a disadvantage. Volkswagen Jetta lease. Beard wax. Spotify premium. 
In his last letter, he wrote to me and said that his uh, weekend was, oh, how did he put it? Um, totes lit fam. Literally have no idea what that means. Spin Pet food for my rescue dog. Uber's home from a pub crawl. A typical sponsorship program costs $29 a month. Millennial International is actually $2,900 a month. Yeah, it seems expensive at first, but when you see the need, it is so worth it. Trunk Club subscription. Essential oils. Annual pilgrimage to Bethel Church. It's the same as a traditional sponsorship program, uh, except instead of getting, say, a soccer ball for his birthday, he's getting an Audi. Am I capable of having a job? Sure, but I just feel like maybe employment right now would just kind of be stifling my creativity. Through the sponsorship program, they actually set up a chance for us to meet each other in person. I brought him an apple pie that my wife had baked for him, but I totally forgot he's gluten-free, so we couldn't eat it. I mean, obviously, I've seen Food Inc., so I don't eat the traditional meals like everybody else. For breakfast, they usually do, like, some kombucha juice. He really didn't have much energy that week, and it turns out, you know, he was on a juice cleanse. And I wanted to respect that. My wish for Declan, oh, gosh, uh, that he would realize his potential in life, that he would be better, achieve more. I've been getting blue ribbons and participation trophies my whole life. What do you expect? For me, if it wasn't for the program, I'd have to get a job. Or worse, start a GoFundMe. Many of these kids in traditional sponsorship programs are fighting diseases like malaria, pneumonia, tuberculosis. And these millennials have the same struggle. Peanut allergies, pollen sensitivity, lactose intolerance. Kids in Africa are getting typhoid. Declan was recently diagnosed with tennis elbow. <laughs> I was originally paying vision and eye care insurance for him, but it turns out his eyeglasses weren't even real. <laughs> to me, you can't put a price on friendship. <laughs> Join me in sponsoring a millennial today and help us. Help us. Help us. Help us live the lives we portray on Instagram. You know that part where they always say comedy is always loosely based in reality? It's just a way of poking fun at the truth. That, that's really true. And uh, appreciate the very, very talented uh, John Christ. And I hope that uh, you do as well. Uh, sure has been a lot of fun to have him with us uh, this week. Um, by the way, uh, Dry Bar Comedy, uh, the troupe that we uh, have linked arms with, has great comedy online year-round. You can get it for free in a couple of different ways. You can go just onto their YouTube page and see the, the posts uh, that they put up there uh, uh, each week. But you can also get the uh, Angel app, which is downloadable and completely free, and they have the entire Dry Bar comedy series. Really good stuff, safe for your family, and you'll always uh, come away laughing. I, I think it's great. Anyway, Kevin McCullough saying thank you for hanging out with us tonight. We've got more straight ahead. Actress Amber Shanna Williams joins me next. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Here he is, from New York, that Kevin, Kevin McCullough. 
All right, my next guest was actually with us at the beginning of this last television season. She was here to introduce what has become known affectionately as the most watched viral video television show in the history of streaming video. Uh, but you know, it's no big deal because she just said, ah, I'll just, you know, 600 million viewers. We'll just, we'll just take it and run. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Amber Shanna Williams. <laughs> lady how are you i'm doing all right how you doing it was just a few months ago that we were talking and it we were, was we were talking about the coming of season three and the anticipation of season three and then we were together on the teal carpet um and here you we looked are. great by the way you looked great oh well i uh only as compared to some my bride asked who you were wearing and i thought man i gotta i gotta remember to ask those questions <laughs> next time hey um, the season has now been fully released in episodes seven and eight came to the theaters and um, they're now available on the app. I know they're on the app because my 10 year old watched the entire season every week faithfully couldn't wait for the next one to come out <laughs> and we uh, completed it together. But as you look back three years now on the journey, three seasons, uh, you know, under your belt, how are you feeling about where this is uh, headed and, and what, what, it, what it's been like for you? I mean, I, first of all, I am so incredibly proud of just the barriers that the chosen has like torn through, not even broken. They just, <laughs> just kind of ran right through them. It's been such an experience because no one would have ever in their mind thought that we would be where we are today. And I am so incredibly proud of that. And for the future, I'm really excited about what's coming because they have kept to their promises and every season has been just, just a huge expansion on what we've already had and it's been getting better and better and i see fans say all the time that like okay wait this is my new episode okay now no wait this is my new favorite episode no this is my new favorite episode and that's exactly how i feel as well as a fan of the show well for people that are not that are that have still not seen it and it's it's hard to imagine that that is in fact true uh, because it's available in so many places now you can get the the back seasons and even more places than you could before and and all of them are available on the angel app and the chosen app now um, but, um, uh, for people that haven't, uh, and that are just joining us for the first time, why should they check it out? What is it about this show that, uh, you like so much? Uh, this show transcends so many barriers that, that, you know, people try to pl place on, um, on entertainment nowadays, like, oh, it has to be faith-based. Oh, it has to be drama. It has to be this. Uh, the Chosen's like, no, <laughs> we're going to do our own thing. And it relates to so many people on so many different levels um, across faiths, across um, age, across um, sex. It's just, it's, it's a show that is for everyone. And I think that's the point they really drive home. Yes, it is about the life of Christ and uh, from the eyes of those who follow him, but it's, it reaches so many more outside of believers. And that's so beautiful. We're speaking with Amber Shanna Williams, who plays one of the, the leading uh, characters in the film, uh, in the, in the series. And there's so many, and there's, they're so well-defined Amber. I mean, you guys are like this little ensemble that you, a lot of you, this is like your first major, you know, big time opportunity to do a TV series, yeah. but you will now go down in history for being, you know, this character and really being so memorable in it. What the, the character you play personally um, for people that aren't familiar, who is it and how is she connected to Jesus in the, in the story? Right. So I play Tamar 
And she is introduced to us as the friend of the paralytic that brings him, uh, lowers him through the roof and brings him to, to Jesus, who performs his first public miracle. And what the chosen have, has done with Tamar, because in the Bible, they're just, I believe, named as the friend, is that they've given her f- like a, a name and they've given her depth and they've given her um, a backstory, a, a backstory. Exactly. And, and, and beyond that, that they've actually connected her to other stories in the Bible, like the women who, um, who found a way to support the ministry. And so they've kind of used her as this, this force. And it's been so, so beautiful because it's really important to them to also include women in these stories that they're telling. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, her role definitely, it grows. <laughs> Well, and um, if you were with us when Amber was with us at the beginning of the season, uh, she actually told the story of how she just kind of walked on and got the part. And <laughs> didn't really didn't really anticipate doing it the way she did it, but she did, did it. Anyway, it's uh, a real joy to have you with us. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we will have uh, Amber's favorite scene from season three. We're going to pull that off for you so you can enjoy that. And then uh, I also want to talk to you, Amber, about, uh, well, February is African American Heritage Month. And um, as a woman of color in Hollywood, um, what has been your experience? Maybe just uh, start there when we get back. Anyway, Kevin McCullough, it's That Kevin Show. Stay here. Ready or not, we'll be right back. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. All right, we're back and so glad to have Amber Shannon Williams uh, back with us. She was with us just a few months ago. It seems like Amber yesterday that we were all down uh, at the at the theater and On the watching the, carpet. the episodes. And <laughs> I think we went to the after party till about 2 a.m. or something. I mean, it was really late down there in the uh, underbelly of the hotel, but it was a lot of fun. And as the season went along, of course, this, the episodes were just released, you know, a little bit at a time, like like mm-hmm. usual. Um, the anticipation kept growing. I remember several of you in the cast telling me at the uh, premiere that uh, this season was going to get more intense. And it did, especially <laughs> episode eight. If you have not seen it, friends, mm-hmm. you need to go do so. It's, it's, it's ending the season at a very uh, significant moment in the, in the narrative and in the storyline. Uh, and really powerful um, and really well told as as the entire series has been. But, you know, y- you've seen everything from start to finish that's been done thus far, Amber, and I'm sure that you have some some favorite moments. What was your favorite scene that you got to be part of uh, for season three? Well, I Tamar has her big moment. Tamar has a big moment where she finally comes clean and tells Mary about just scratches the surface on on where she's come from and what and that experience traumatic painful tragic experience that led her to where she is today and um that was that was such a long scene it took us the entire day we didn't set any other shots to be to be wow. um to be done that day of filming because it was so long and it was so in depth and it was so emotional that we just kind of needed to focus on that and i think that was that was my favorite scene because it required so much of me as an actor. It was a new new place for me to be on this journey of storytelling that I'd never done before. The responsibility was 
enormous. Um, But a favorite scene that I was not a part of, but I just rewinded is when uh, uh, Jesus says, I am the law of Moses. Just that whole scene was just spectacular. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was in the trailer for the season too. So people have probably seen that. Well, let's take a look at your favorite scene that you were in. to unearth minerals for the family business. And when we returned, our village had been wiped out by a rival clan, including my father and my mother. This necklace that has been passed down to generations that I didn't want to sell for just oats. It still has my mother's blood on it. May I? I remember watching that in real time. Uh, so moving, such such good work and Thank such you. handicraft. Um, let me ask you, piggybacking off, of, you said that it tapped into you know more of who you are as an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, this is African Heritage, uh, um, uh, African American Heritage Month, and um, we've talked about ceilings being broken in all kinds yeah. of places in recent years. Uh, what has been your journey as a young woman of color in Hollywood today? Well, it's, 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 it's a difficult journey for, for all of us, but it's in particular, um, a bit of a challenge for me, um, for many reasons, there's often not enough room, (laughs) um, as spacious as this, this business is, this industry is there, there's often a limit that they place on people that look like me to be a part of something. We are often called tokens or whatnot. And that's something I experienced quite a bit. Um, and what the chosen gave me um is that she's a representative of so many 
she is the other, which is something I experience in many rooms I walk in being the other uh, foreigner, someone who speaks a different language. Because as you know, I live in Spain right now. I'm in Madrid at this moment, and this is just my daily life. And um, But what that does is it creates um, someone or gives an opportunity for those who feel underrepresented to have someone to connect to. And I did not realize that responsibility when I first came on, I was just happy to be working. As you mentioned before, that a lot of us were kind of on the verge of quitting. It's just, it's, it's really hard. And um, once the opportunity came through and, you know, seasons came out and I started to get an, an outpouring of messages and love from people that look a lot like me saying how much they appreciate seeing my face on screen and that their daughters and their children. And it just made me really think about kind of the responsibility I have um, and how much um, gratitude I need to also be to be having as well for the opportunity because me being a part of something means that it's going to create opportunities for others as well because having me on the show for example is going to she's going to need a, a, um, relatives or, or, or friends um, from her community and that provides more opportunities that a lot of people don't kind of think about that um, and it's been such just such a blessing especially during black history month which is also my birthday month <laughs> so mm, it's like happy birthday Thank you. Um, it's just. Would you turn twenty two again? Come on, stop. Oh, that. listen. Yeah, it's my anniversary of my twenty first birthday. I don't remember which anniversary, but it's one of them. <laughs> well, we can't wait for season four. So I have a feeling we'll be chatting again sometime in the next few months. <laughs> Amber Shanna Williams, thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight. We are so grateful. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate you got it. it. Kevin McCullough, stay with us. Ed Sheeran returns to the music stage next. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin show. Ladies and gentlemen, back to the spotlight stage. One of your favorites with his second selection tonight, Ed Sheeran. Stop the clocks, it's amazing. You should see the way the light dances up your head A million colors of hazel, golden and red Saturday morning is fading The sun's reflected by the coffee in your hand My eyes are caught in your gaze all over again
Hoping it's not too late to wish you one last Valentine's Week special. There from Ed Sheeran, closing out the music spotlight tonight. Get all of the music spotlight selections on Apple Music or Spotify. Just search New Music Spotlight 2023. I'm Kevin McCullough, thanking you for being part of That Kevin Show. Hoping you'll come back next week at this same time, same place. As we try to make your weekend just a little bit better.